You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hey everyone, you're listening to episode 217 of the Blended Family Podcast. And I know there's been a little bit of a delay there in getting these shows out to you. I did have surgery a couple of weeks ago. I'm actually two weeks out um, and a day from surgery now. And I'm starting to feel like myself again. It was really rough that first week. I was feeling pretty terrible. The doctor said I was going to be on my feet in just two days. Uh, Not even close. I couldn't even walk still in two days. And so it was a really rough week for me. Sean was able to kind of manage things. And he's actually going to come on the show. I think the next episode I'll have him on so he can talk about what we went through. Because as you know, it's hard enough having a blended family with both parents in working order. But I've been kind of out of working order for a while now, especially this last month and especially the last week or two that he's been taking care of me. So week number two was a lot better. I started to get a ton of energy back. I felt great. What had happened was, I guess I should tell you, is that when the doctor went in, they found a leaking fallopian tube. So I was actually backing up blood into my abdomen. It's probably what was causing me all that pain that I didn't realize. Um, and then there was a patch of endometriosis right down there behind my bladder. So he was able to remove that. And, uh, I'm just still really sore. I'm still swollen. Had to go back to work this week. So I think that's why I'm a little tired after my first week back to work, but I've got lots of plans. I feel like my energy is coming back in a big way. I feel like even though I still have all the original pain, the doctor said that was normal too, that I'd still feel all of the pain for a while, I guess, for a couple of months. So I'm on some nerve blockers to try to block that so I can kind of get back to life again. But I feel better in a lot of ways. Even though I still have some pain, I feel better and I've been trying to get back to work. And so with that... I sat down to open up because I have a backlog of interviews. Some of them are from you, from my co-hosts. Some of them are expert interviews that I just have not gotten around to. If that is you, please accept my apologies. I'm going to get to those soon. I'm going to try to get caught up as soon as I can. So um, actually what you're going to be hearing today is a co-hosting interview, and I'm so embarrassed to say that I've had this since May of last year. That's when we recorded this interview, and somehow I'm just getting around to it now. So Cassandra, my lovely listener, we had a great conversation. Um, I'm so sorry, Cassandra, that it took me just about a year to get your episode up, but here it will be today. I hope you all enjoy that. Um, And that was just a little update on what's been going on with me. And like I said, I think I'll have Sean on to discuss some matters next week. And that's it. And that's really all that there is. Uh, I did have one incident with some people trying to solicit business in the group. So I just wanted to remind you because I know there's new people coming in that group all the time and not everybody knows or 
you're supposed to read the rules at the top of the page, but it's easy to miss. So there is no soliciting in the group. There is no um, selling anything of any kind. There is no advertisement in that group. And this is not me trying to be a mean person. It's just that I have to have these rules in place. Otherwise, that group will become a big walking advertisement for everybody and nobody will really be pulling any value out of it. And I don't want that. I want the group to stay very supportive, place where people can go to connect with one another. Um, so just please keep that in mind. And please keep in mind, of course, to always be courteous when you're in there. As you know, I have not been able to moderate that group too much for a long time, especially lately. So I appreciate when some of you reach out to me and let me know if something seems amiss. If you like this podcast, please rate and review Tell your friends, share it. I really want to help as many blended families as I can. And now that I'm feeling better, my schedule is going to be opening up for coaching as well, which I love to do. I love to work with you one-on-one. -on -one. And just so you know, it's not just blended families that I can help. I am also a relationship coach and I'm a finance coach. So I can really help you in many ways. And if you ever wanted to schedule some time with me, just go to www.blendedfamilypodcast.com slash schedule and you will see all of the options there. That is all of my announcements for today. I don't really have anything else to share because I'm still recovering, but I should be good as new in the next few weeks, I think. So I love you all. Thank you all so much for checking in on me and for sending me your warm wishes. And I hope you enjoy this co-hosting interview with Cassandra. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Hello, everybody. We are back with another co-hosting show with Miss Cassandra Thurston from San Diego, California, and she's got a wonderful blended family. I'm going to let her tell you all about it. I'm excited to have her here. Welcome to the show, Cassandra. Thank you so much, Melissa. It's such a treat to talk to you today. Yeah, and we have a lot to talk about. I know that you are a bio mom and you're a stepmom. So why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself and your blended family? Yes, yeah, so I actually um, was a step kid. I had a stepdad. My mom was a stepmom too. We had a blended family growing up. So I felt like I had um, some experience in that realm. Although, of course, I didn't really plan on becoming a stepmom. Um, my husband and I met 16 years ago. He's actually a musician here in San Diego, so we met at one of his gigs. Um, and that's that's not his day job. It's more of like his golf and stress relief. <laughs> He's really talented and a really hard worker. So um, at the time, his son was 21 months. He's 17 and a half now and lives with us full time. We also have two young daughters, a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. And we've been married for almost 10 years. So we've been through a lot of ups and downs and all arounds and, <laughs> um, and it's been a really wonderful journey. So, wow. So you pretty much raised your stepson from such a young age. You've watched him go through basically his whole entire life. So you guys must be really close. Well, yes, we, I, I was fortunate that I got to help raise him. He, I saw him through the adorable toddler years and then the sweet, you know, elementary school years. At that time we had him about 50, 50, it was kind of an odd schedule, but it was about half the time. So 
I got to have a lot of influence. We were very close um, until the teen years hit. That's another story, you know, hormones. And then when he moved in with us full time, it was um, we were overjoyed just to give him some stability and to um, hopefully just have more stability for everyone. But then the teen years added another challenge along with having um, him full time. There's, there's just new challenges that were added into that. So, yeah. And let's not forget that with teenagers, I don't care (laughs) if you are a traditional home, whether you're a bio parent or a step parent, it really doesn't matter. I think teenagers are just, you know, they're rotten sometimes and it doesn't matter whether you're the bio parent or the step parent they're going to go through their, their ugly phase of life. And it doesn't matter who you are. If you're, if you're in the line of it, you're going to get it. And I feel that way with anybody. So, um, I do think it's a little bit easier when you're the bio parent because you're able to enforce a little bit more discipline than you can with your stepchild. Um, but it's, it's definitely tough with teenagers and you know, I have four of them, so I totally (laughs) feel you. And I've got, listen, I've got two bio and two step and they mm-hmm. all are difficult for their own reasons and it doesn't really make it easier for the bio kids. Like it's still, it's still tough. It's still tough no matter which kid it is or what the relationship is. Yeah. So, yeah, so. Um, how does this, this stepson get along with your girls? Cause he's a lot older. So how did that work out? You know, that's actually one of the sweet parts of our family. I'm really fortunate that, um, they get along well. I mean, they're in completely different stages of development, so they don't fight over toys, um, if anything, our girls would love to spend more time with him. They just adore him and they, they soften him a little. I think little ones soften teens. Um, they show him that innocence and fun and make him laugh in a way that parents can't really make teens laugh all the time. So that is one of my favorite parts of our blended family, I would say. Um, however, like you said, it is just challenging um, teenagers, hormones. It's I've, I've had to learn to just not take things personally, which is easier said than done. Um, but yeah, whether it's a bio parent, which I'm a bio parent and a step parent, um, it is just challenging. Yeah. And we're going to talk about some more of that. But before we do, I want to kind of go back just a little bit because you are a product of a blended family and mm-hmm. you went through that in your childhood. And I always like to bring that up if it's relevant because the stuff that happens to us when we're kids kind of shapes who we are today. And so I just wanted to know from you, what was it like being in a blended family as a child? And has any of that helped you parent today for your stepchild knowing what it's like? Absolutely. I, so I was nine when my parents divorced and my 11 when my mom remarried. So I was a lot older And I wanted her to be happy, but I didn't understand the need for companionship. So it was a little bit of a different situation. I'm fortunate that my stepson only knew me in his life. He has memories. His memories include me from the beginning. Mm. Um, But I, while I appreciated my stepdad, um, I, as a step kid, and now as a step parent, I can understand how step kids feel because you know, you don't ask for this person to come into your house. You, you, (laughs) it's not part of your plan to have someone come in and, and suddenly be a parent, even if it is over a long period of time, it just is tough to understand. It's tough to process. So I have empathy for my stepson in that realm. Um, and I've tried to talk to him about that. 
it's, it, I think it's tough at that age just to understand. So it's helped me to have empathy. I'm an empathetic person in general, so I try to consider all sides. But um, it has helped me and shaped me into wanting to be the best step parent I can be, which is part of how I found your podcast, just trying to find resources and, and help and support and doing the best that I can. And it's just not the easiest thing. And it's not the easiest di- dynamic in general. Oh, it's very hard, especially um, being empathic. Like you said, you are. I'm an empath, so I know how tough that is. It's really helpful in a lot of ways because it does help us to see mm-hmm. other people's perspectives, but it is more painful sometimes because we yes. do feel so much and it makes it very difficult for us. So I totally understand how you feel, but I, I still, I think it's really cool that that stuff helps shape us. I mean, I came from, I didn't yeah. really have, I'd say a blended family, but I, I am a product of divorce. Both of my parents got divorced and neither one of them really fully moved on in their life with relationships. Mm-hmm. Like my mom did, she had relationships, but she never did with people that had children. So I didn't have to worry about that, but I did have to worry about a, a step parent role in my life. And, and you know, the, the people were not always the best choices, not, not only for me, but not for her. Um, and my dad mm-hmm. actually ended up spending the rest of his life alone, which was really, really sad. But um, just going through the the divorce process that my parents went through that I went along with them, right? Because that's what happens when we're kids. I learned a lot from just watching what they did wrong, watching how they would talk to each other wrong, how they their communication was bad and how they um, didn't always do the right thing as far as me and my brother. Not, not in a bad way, just as far as like not putting kids in the middle or not having kids feel pressured. And, and, you know, it wasn't even always their fault, but we do what we know. And the yes. problem is we really don't know, right? We're, we're all learning this kind of as we're going along and every family is different. So we don't always know what to do. So it's always interesting kind of seeing where we all came from. Um, yeah. So moving on. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, it's really hard as a kid to see your parents in pain. It's hard to see them not getting along. Yeah, It's hard to hear those things. My parents did that too. The, the talk, they just didn't know. They were so young. My mom had me when she was 16 and wow. she was, you know, just trying to figure things out. So um, looking back, I, you know, understand where they're coming from. And I also, like you said, learned things to not do and not repeat. And so that has been helpful just as far as like not talking bad about the parents, because when you talk about bad about a child's parent, that's part of them and it's, it's really painful for them. So yeah. I, I at least knew that. <laughs> well, that, that is, uh, that's actually, if, if you're going to know anything, that's one of the things yes. to know, because that is a, a huge problem mm-hmm. for a lot of people. And, and we're all adults here, but for some reason, adults can't seem to all understand that it's wrong to do that to a child um, and that it's hurting the child. So I'm glad that you know that. Um, yeah. now, let me ask you, your husband is not a step parent, right? He's only a bio parent. You oh, are right. the step parent. So I'm curious. Mm-hmm how that played out in your relationship because um, did he really fully understand what it was like to walk in your shoes because he wasn't a step parent? How did you guys have conflict about that initially? Yeah, of course he, it's impossible for him to understand. And I think just recently after 16 years, I'm finally realizing that I can't expect him to understand. He has no idea what it's like, especially to be a step mom. Um, because I feel like 
moms are the natural caretakers. So there's a lot of pressure on moms to do a lot of things and, and we innately have that desire to. And so we, we step into this role where we want to do these things, but we're not allowed to. And then we are condemned for doing certain things, but we're supposed to do certain things and it's tough to know where to go. So, um, yeah, it's been tough for him, which is part of why I sought out support in the form of your podcast, other resources. There's so many amazing resources now, and I'm so thankful for that. That just have helped me realize I'm not crazy. <laughs> I'm not, you know, alone in feeling these things, and I can't expect him to understand that. He has been supportive in, um, you know, taking my input and, um, you know, trying to remain a united front and backing me up when it comes to certain things. However, it's been challenging. There's no manual for this. And so we've, and every situation is a little bit different. So we have had to try to figure out what works best for us and, and our personalities. His background, of course, is different too. So any parents come together with their own ideas of how they want to parent. And it's tough in, you know, any family, but especially when there's other parent parental opinions involved. So it's it's been a journey. <laughs> yeah, well, but I love what you said. You said that that you couldn't necessarily get the support from him because he didn't understand. So you sought it elsewhere among people mm-hmm. that do understand. And I want everybody yeah. out there listening to know that you might not be getting the support from your partner or your spouse, or maybe not from your best friend who doesn't have a blended family, or maybe not from your sister. It doesn't matter. Don't go to people for advice that don't understand. Don't, you know, like I always say in my financial business, exactly. don't, don't listen to a broke person on how to get wealthy. Well, don't <laughs> listen to a person who's never walked in your shoes, who doesn't know what it's like to be in a blended family, and yet they're giving you advice on what to do. And that doesn't really work because they don't get it. And it's, it's nothing to say bad about our partners who don't understand it's or true. our family members, but they just, they can't possibly understand some of the oh, exactly. Yes, I was in my early 20s when we met and none of my friends had experience in this realm and I was just banging my head against the wall. They were getting frustrated hearing me complain or vent because women need to vent. We have that too. And um, I was getting frustrated because I wasn't finding answers or tools. I even looked online and tried to find support groups. I had that innate um, thought to do that. But I, what I found were like chat rooms with a lot of venting and, you know, just go drink some wine, no real tools for how to navigate the situation. And, or, you know, like just people who have been through it saying it'll be done. And and, and so it just didn't really help me um, specifically. Even my mom said when she was going through this, she looked for books. She couldn't find any books. You know, social media didn't exist at that time. And it was just tough to find those resources. So yeah, my sister, unless you've been through it, it's, it's professionals exist for a reason. And that's, it's worthwhile to, even if you invest in a coach like you, Melissa, or a counselor or something, it is so worth it to get those tools. Yeah, absolutely. Because we do, we do need the tools. We don't know what to do. And Mm -hmm. this is just new now that there's, there's really starting to pop up with a lot of resources for blended families, thankfully. And it's just because the divorce rates, sadly, the divorce rates are so high. (laughs) It is happening and it's about time that there's people out there doing the necessary work so that there's help out there because um, we don't want to end up in a second divorce and a third divorce because we're not learning what we need to do and the necessary 
necessary tools. So I'm glad um, mm-hmm. that you have that. Now, as far as your stepson and the ex-wife, how, how mm-hmm. is she? Is she involved in his life? And do you guys co-parent well together? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So she lives in another state and um, he visits her about once a year. He moved in with us full-time six years ago. And um, sadly, our relationship as co-parents has not been great. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as I stepped in, I was stepping into a sensitive situation. And so I, I tried to have empathy for that, thinking about, you know, she didn't plan on having me in her life. So <laughs> it wasn't exactly a welcome, even though they were split up for a while. Um, I realized quickly that that was going to be tough. Um, so as of now, we just contact her when there's there's big things. Usually it's driven by me. You know, I, I as a mom, things that I would want to, to know, I, I kind of encourage my husband to let her know about things. Men can be a little different in what they feel like needs to be communicated. Um, but her and I, we, we, I'm not really allowed to talk to her. It's just not a, a good situation, sadly. So, and I've had to just accept that, that um, it's not my fault. It's just the situation. Um, and even though I've, I've fantasized about us being friends, that would come with other challenges also. So there would be different expectations. The roles would be changed. And, and it's just, it, it is what it is. So we just make the best of it. I, we encourage him to speak to his mom and, you know, have that relationship with her. It's painful for him, for her to not be around as much, I know, even though he chose to come live with us. So it's just one of the things that we've, we're still trying to figure out, but we just try to be as rational about it as possible. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and sadly, it's not always what we want, right? We can't always get yeah. that person to see things from our perspective and we can't always get the bio mom on the same page and, and wanting the relationship and wanting to co-parent. And there's nothing we can do about that. So you just have to roll with it yeah. and you just have to do what you need to do as a stepmom. And if it means yeah. not communicating with her right now, then that's okay. Um, right. And, you know, the ball's in her court. She probably knows that you're willing and able because you've probably uh, set a good example all these years, but that's that's on her. And, you know, sadly, not everybody wants that relationship. I, I don't exactly. have a relationship with my kid's stepmom either. And she actually just um, got married to my ex-husband last weekend. And, and she, you know, I've tried, she hasn't really tried and, and and I'm not upset with her. I, Mm -hmm. I want the best for her and my ex and for the kids, but I can't do anything about that. If she doesn't want to have a better relationship with me, then what can I do? You know, it's, it's fine. And so, and, and like you said, we have to learn to accept that sometimes and just move on. So, um, yes, and it's not our, it's, it's something within them. It's not reflective of something that we're doing wrong. Yes. That's what I had to really understand is. I love that. I Can you repeat trying, that? <laughs> it's something that's within them. It's not something that we're doing wrong. Yes. So it's, I, I kept beating myself up thinking, what if I take this approach? What if I try this angle? And I, I had to realize that, you know what? It's just, not going to be received well from me. And I understand because if I were to try to put myself in her shoes and someone else is mothering my child in a lot of ways, that would be really hard. And and to try to, from my end, I, I would like to communicate with her about the good things and give her updates. 
but it's, it's, it's really painful in a lot of ways. And so, um, it's, it has to come from my husband and, and I've realized that, and, and that leads into other realms too, when it comes to discipline with my stepson, a lot of things just aren't going to be received well from me because I am the outsider, even though I'm inside, I'm still the outsider in a lot of ways. So it's just part of it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, (laughs) and it's just one of those things. I mean, you could probably go to this woman with, you know, a plate of a million dollars and you could be the nicest person in the world and you can offer her anything and she still might not want to work with you and not like you. So that clearly it's got nothing to do with you. It's, it's her challenge. And sometimes bio moms have a bit of, uh, and I, and I, I'm a bio mom, so I'm not mm-hmm. trying to put anybody down, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm mm-hmm. in this with all of you, but sometimes mm-hmm. bio moms have a little bit of an ego, especially when it comes to another woman stepping in and being around their kids. It's really mm-hmm. hurtful. I dealt with it when my kids both moved out of my house. You know what that was like? Yeah. The, the pain that I went through thinking, you know, at first thinking, gosh, my kids chose to be over there with this other woman more than me. It had nothing to do with her and it had nothing to do with me. It it had to do with what they wanted at the time. And I know Mm -hmm. that now, but yeah, at first it was a little bit of a hit to my ego because these are my kids. And now here's this other woman cooking for them and maybe taking them to school or helping them with their homework. And it was painful. So definitely with bio moms, it is an ego thing. It is, but we, we need to let go of that a little bit and realize like what's best Mm -hmm. for our child. So, um, but yeah, yeah, you seem like you're, you're really doing the right things. And at this point you may never at at 17 years old is your stepson. You may never have that relationship with her. I mean, if it hasn't happened by now and that's, that's okay. Exactly you know? So yeah, it's, it's painful for her. And so I, I'm trying to remember that and it would be painful for me too. I think she, I was not part of her plan. So yeah, for her, to her, I don't have to be a part of her plan and, and yeah, that's okay. Yeah. So I know one of the challenges, because we had spoken previously, I know one of the challenges that you really face aside from bio mom, which isn't so much of a challenge anymore, because you know what you're dealing with there. Um, but <laughs> your challenge is that your husband actually works out of town a lot. And Mm -hmm. that is difficult for anybody. And I know we have a lot of listeners that are in the same position that you are a step parent. And when your partner goes out of town, whether it's military, whether it's for work, doesn't matter. You are left Mm -hmm. to parent children that are not biologically yours. And we all know what we say, right? We always say (laughs) for your stepchildren, don't, don't be the heavy for your stepchildren. Don't be the disciplinarian for your stepchildren. Mm -hmm. Let the bio parent handle it. But what about when bio parent is not there that leaves the step parent in a position? You either have to handle it or things can get really out of control. So tell us a little bit about your experience with this and how you're, how you're dealing with it. Yeah, that has been, I I remember from the very beginning when my stepson was four, I was bathing him. My husband has always been a very hard worker to a fault. And that's one of the things that I was attracted to him about also just being a wonderful father. But um, so he worked a lot of nights and weekends. And when I was bathing him when he was four, one time, my stepson said to me, my mom said, you're not supposed to bathe me. <laughs> and that's when I realized, you know, this, this situation is going to be kind of a situation. But now that he's older and, and my hus- he lives with us full time, but my, my husband works out of town a lot. And it has been challenging because I am the only one here. So what we try to do is I try to set things up before he goes out of town. I try to have my husband 
you know, remind him of the boundaries every time um, he texts him, you know, we have that technology now. So I, I'm kind of, sometimes I feel like the tattletale, which is unfortunate and it's, but I, I, I relay the information to my husband and I still let him be the one to, you know, enforce things as much as he can. You know, when I'm here and I see things happening, of course, I have to say, where are you going? What time will you be back? <laughs> and communicate. Um, I still just try to leave as much as of that as I can to him. Um, and then it boils down to also taking care of myself when my husband is around to rejuvenate myself so that I can um, step into that role. Because we have two little ones, too. So for him being out of town, it, it is a lot of work. Um, with three kids. Yeah. Well, and so, the, the two of them are really young. So they're that's yes. like a full-time job, right? In itself. Yes. But I want to, I want to like kind of break this down just a little bit mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and talk about that. And, you know, we'll get to the self-care in a minute, but you're talking about how, when he goes out of town, your husband is still texting him and, and you're still mm-hmm. kind of having to tattle and let dad know what's going on. So do you let dad know if something happens that needs to be taken care of? Do you let him know while he's away or do you wait till he gets back to deal with it? Um, it depends, but I usually, I usually do it while he's away because it's hard for me not to. I was just listening to another podcast talking about, um, step parenting and how, you know, the stepmom will send all kinds of angry texts. (laughs) And um, it feels like that sometimes. And sometimes my husband will just say, you know, that's really hard or that, you know, but if it's something that he needs to deal with, he will, you know, talk to my stepson that night or, or deal with it. So that's our way of dealing with it because that's more of my personality and what I need to do. Um, and just to feel like I have some support while he's gone. So we're very much in touch. So does that ever, um, and I'm only asking you this because mm-hmm. I know what, ha- what would happen if that was my kids. Um, mm-hmm. my step, I feel like, does that ever give you pushback? Like if, if dad reprimands him something for something that you told on him about, does right. he then turn around yeah. and push back and give you yeah. some major attitude right after? Or well, there I, I think that there is innately resentment because he, of course, I'm obviously the one who's telling his father, right? Um, but I, I feel like as a stepmom, I'm I'm kind of a scapegoat in general, and he has to know that when he's going to do things, you know, his dad is going to find out. That's just the way it is, and it's it's tough and it does bring some, some negativity toward me, but that would happen anyway. So, um, I would say, you know, when he was 15 and 16, we went through a really tough time. Now that he's 17, I'm, I'm seeing the hormones kind of balance (laughs) out a little bit. Thank goodness. And there's hope. And, um, but there were times where, yeah, he would just walk out of the house and I'm like, where are you going? And he would just, exerts, especially when his father was out of town. So he kind of knew that he could get away with more and push to do that. That was a huge challenge. So, you know, when my husband came back, he would talk to him about it. And, and then there would be anxiety about him leaving because I was just, you know, scared of what was going to happen. So we just do our best. I, I mean, I think having meetings, being on the same page, having clear boundaries, um, 
you know, reminding them of the rules before, which that takes a million reminders every, every week, every day. (laughs) But um, yeah, you have to stay a united front and, and the, the kids have to know that the parents back each other up, whether it's step parent, bio parent, no matter what, um, that the rules still remain the same. Well, that is huge. That is huge. And I think that's why this is where this, your situation might not work for everybody. Um, Some people would not do well with that, but the reason it's working for you is because your husband is backing you up because he's supporting you. Mm -hmm. And because when you go to him with information, he doesn't Mm -hmm. say, I don't believe you, Cassandra, my son would never do that, which by the way, a lot of parents do. Um, And again, it's not because they're trying to be terrible, but a lot of parents Mm -hmm. don't always see what their kids are doing or really understand it. And sometimes the behavior is not in front of them. And it's very difficult when you don't have the support from your partner and your partner is kind of like, well, I'll just handle that when I get home and then nothing is handled. And that happens to a lot of people. So for the listeners, what Cassandra is saying is you've got to be on the same. If you have a partner that is out of town a lot and you're raising the kids while they're gone, you've got to make sure that they are on the same page as you and that they are Mm -hmm. going to handle the discipline and they're going to help you with that. And they're going to show the children that you're a team. That's huge. And I like what else you said. Um, Make sure you establish those boundaries and rules constantly, but especially before you go out of town. Don't just do it once and then don't touch on it again Mm -hmm. for a year. It's got to be done pretty much every single time that parent Mm -hmm. is about to leave town. That needs to be um, a family meeting or discussion or, you know, a reminder. So I love that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why that's really working for you. Um, Yeah. And I think how you communicate is part of it too, because it is hard to hear things that your kids are doing wrong it's, it's hard to hear these things. And, mm-hmm. and so a lot of times my husband would express that he feels like he would get a lot of negative texts, which <laughs> is unfortunate. But so I would try to leave it to a time maybe when he's not in an important meeting or um, frame it in a way that's not entirely negative, you know, a positive with a negative. And, and also when you're on the receiving end of that, because we all are going to hear mistakes that our kids make, kids make mistakes. That's part of how they grow and learn. Um, to not instantly jump to defense, try to just keep an open mind and hear all sides and look at the big picture. Yeah, that's wonderful. And so let's talk about the self-care piece because as we know, uh, everybody can use some more self-care these days, especially us moms, right? Because we (laughs) drive ourselves crazy and we worry about taking care of everybody else and not ourselves. And especially for you, Cassandra, who you're home often alone. How how often does your husband travel out of town? So um, it's at least a couple of times a month. Lately, it's been every week, um, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty often. So, and it's, it's just been amping up. So I've had to be really intentional about that. Thankfully, my husband is supportive of that. I'm, I'm really thankful that he supports, you know, when I say I'll even put in the family calendar, you know, mom's going shopping, even if it's just solo grocery shopping while he gets the kids to bed, it's some alone time for me to recharge, listen to a podcast, you know, maybe have a snack or a treat in peace in my minivan. (laughs) Um, So I just try to be intentional about that, whether it's an exercise class or a pedicure, even though that happens once every couple of years, just something, getting my hair done, evening appointments, you know, when he can be with the kids. 
But I like okay. that you're doing it because a lot of yeah. women aren't doing it. And if we don't practice self-care, we end up really, really agitated and miserable. And then we can't be the parent that we need to be. And so if, you're, if your partner is traveling a lot, make sure that you schedule it in. Like Cassandra said, even if it's when they get back into town, you need to make sure that you have something on the calendar because sometimes if we don't schedule something, it just doesn't Mm -hmm. end up happening. And Mm -hmm. I'm like that. I mean, I literally have to schedule in every like phone call that I have to make. And (laughs) because, you know, it it won't, something else will distract me. And, and so it's really, really important that you do that. I'm really glad that you're doing that for yourself. Um, What kind of word of it? Oh, go ahead, Cassandra. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that on that note, time is not just going to present itself. It's not going to say here or, and, and your husband isn't going to say here, you should right. go and do this. I mean, he can't read your mind. You only, you know what you need and what you want and what, what um, helps recharge you. So whether that's some quiet time. Kitty. Sorry, oh, how cute. You want to watch Hello Kitty? Okay. Just a second, sweetie. So, okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. You know what? This is real life. This you are, you're a yeah. mom. This is what <laughs> happens, right? You're trying to get a couple of minutes to yourself to do a exactly. podcast and that's totally fine. Um, do you need to take a break? Um, just a sec. Are you okay, okay. with this, sweetie? Okay. All right. Um, Okay. All right. Okay. We're good. So sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. You sure you're ready to go? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. um, okay. We're, we're back. Uh, we, we just needed to take a quick moment for Cassandra <laughs> and everything is good now. So Cassandra, if you had, um, I guess a piece of advice to, to stepmoms in your position that are left alone sometimes to deal with the blended family while their partner's away, what would your main piece of advice be? Um, definitely take care of yourself um, so that you can be fully charged for, for all that you need to do because it is demanding. And also seek support, um, people who understand what it's like for, for advice. Uh, there's things you know that can help just mom hacks in general, whether it's having a Roomba or using your crock pot, time savers to make life easier. So I've learned a lot of that from other moms, especially um, moms who um, have husbands who travel a lot or single moms or just moms in general, even if your husband is around, you know, they're working and, and it, a lot falls on on moms or, or the primary caretaker. So yeah, it's it's definitely difficult, and I'm glad that you found a way to make it work because it is hard. And so, um, tell me a little bit about your two little ones because that's three. They're three and seven. Yes. yes How are they they're... doing? Do they keep you on your toes? Uh, well, you know that's an interesting. It's kids just demand things, as you know. My three year old came in and just said, "Mom, I need this." So they're they are so sweet and, but they, they have a lot going on with their school and activities and preschool and I work also. So it's, it's a lot to juggle, but, um, yeah, you have to be intentional about date nights and one-on-one time with each of them. I think that's another good tip to, um, just try to keep everyone happy and balanced. And, um, so no one feels left out. Cause that can happen. Yeah. Um, of course. Yeah. 
You've got loads of great tips for us today and information. And of course, as you know, we always close out the co-hosting shows with the same five questions that I ask for everybody. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. So number one, what is the thing that you love most about your blended family? Well, I, I joke that I always wanted to have three kids. My mom had three kids, so I got to have three kids without having to go through all the physical pain of having three kids. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I, I feel blessed in that sense. And seeing our kids together when the stars align and you know everyone's getting along and they're baking together or learning something from their big brother and they're making him laugh. That is, is my favorite. That really, you know, fills my heart. And so I feel really thankful in those moments. That's Um, beautiful. I know people always say, uh, with that question, a lot of times I always get the answer of when everyone's getting along and loving each other, you know, because it does it, we know that it's not always like that, but when it happens, when that moment happens, don't we just take it in? We're like, Oh, look, they're hugging. They're they're laying together. It's so sweet. (laughs) You know, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. And I love that your podcast is, you know, all you need is love. And, and when we are able to focus on the love that's when things are at their best. That's when our stepson decided to move or my stepson decided to move in with us when we were just really, we made a conscious decision to focus on the love and keep that perspective and try to not let the negativity impact our, our family and, and the special thing that we have. So yeah, which is absolutely precious and priceless. Yeah. Okay. Number two, what is the biggest challenge right now in your blended family? Well, I think always the biggest challenge, as I touched on before, has been just knowing my place. I, I joke that if I were to write a book, it would be step back, step parent, because I'm supposed to step out, but I'm supposed to step in to take care, but I'm not supposed to have an opinion, but I need to have an opinion. And, you know, I, I care too much, but I don't care enough. And it's just been, you know, finding my, my role here and, um, and immediately stepping in and being disliked. That was a huge I was so naive when I first met my husband and I, I remember telling him after we were dating for a couple months, you know, I'd like to meet your ex because I'm, I'm involved with her son's life. And as a mom, I would like to know who this person is <laughs> and it wasn't received well. And so that was kind of like, okay, this is not going to be as, as I thought it would be. And so I've had to, again, seek support from other people who understand how that feels and that's not my fault and it's just part of the dynamic. Um, so yeah, I would say that's the biggest challenge. Yeah. And I think that nobody really understands stepmoms except for other stepmoms, really, truly. Yes. And that's why I'm glad there's a lot of stepmom resources popping up too, because I'm, I'm for blended families. I'm for all of the blended family, mm-hmm. you know, and I do work with stepmoms too. But there mm-hmm. are specifically uh, books and resources out there just for stepmoms. In fact, I just yeah. interviewed the author of the Stepmoms Club book, and she was wonderful too. And, and you'll hear oh, that interview. Awesome. So, okay, number three, if you knew then what you know now, what's one thing you would have done differently when you very first blended? Uh, definitely just let my husband handle a lot of the stuff. I felt like I, because I'm, I want to help and I want to be involved and I felt like I should help. Um, I, I got a little too involved in the beginning, I think, just trying to 
um, make sure that things were going well. And, and that wasn't received well either. And I remember he said, you know, let me handle this because I can handle it. And it's, it's hard for you. And, and it's true. So I, I mean, I spent so many nights losing sleep and Mm. stressing and it all works out. I remember people would tell me that. And in the dark times, I, I wanted to scream because I thought, this can't work out. How can it possibly work out? It's horrible. It consumes my life. And, um, you know, we were, we had times where we were on the brink of divorce a couple of times, but it does work out. And my favorite parenting mantra is that it's all temporary and it is. And so just, um, try to keep that perspective and, and, and yeah, let your partner handle that business part of it because it really is, not going to be received well from you, A, and it's just not something that you should have to handle. Right. And and it's better to put your energy elsewhere than trying to yes. put energy into something that's just going to frustrate everybody. So good. Exactly. Um, okay. Number four, what is something you know you're doing right in your blended family? Something that you're proud of? Um, I I mentioned focusing on the love when we when we did that, that when we made a conscious decision to do that, um, things just got so much better after we were going through court dates and all that uh, craziness. Um, keeping that perspective, so just remembering what you have, staying strong, not letting those negative outside influences impact you. Treat the co-parenting relationship as a business partnership you know, respond to the things without emotion and um, just the things that matter the most, focusing on on those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually am reading a book um, by Gabrielle Bernstein, The Universe Has Your Back. And she talks oh. about shifting things from fear to love, because when, when mm-hmm. we're in a state of love, it's hard for us to be fearful or angry or any of the other emotions that there are. And she actually teaches how to take pretty much any, any struggle, any moment that you're going through and look at it with the eyes of love instead of the eyes of fear. And you can actually see things shift in your life when you do that. Um, and especially I think of it for blended families because, um, it's hard sometimes to have loving feelings Mm -hmm. about our blended families when things are difficult and we're going through challenges. Um, but if we can stop for a minute and try to do that, and that is why, you know, I had somebody once that, didn't like my tagline. Um, all you need is love. You just brought it up. And she said, I don't like that you have that. I don't think it's right because it's not true. It's not true that all you need is love to make your blended family work. And I said, well, I didn't, Mm. first of all, I didn't mean that to be, you know, so specific. Like, obviously I'm aware of that because otherwise I wouldn't have a podcast on it. If I thought all (laughs) you really needed was love, but it's just a good reminder Reminder. that Mm. we need to look at things like that. And that when you do that, your perspective shifts and, and you just don't see things for the difficulty that they are anymore. So anyway, um, now I already asked you what piece of advice you had for the parents that have the partner who's traveling out of town, but Mm -hmm. just generally, because this is question number five was if you had one piece of advice to offer the rest of the listeners today, what would it be? And you have given us so much advice, but do you still stick with a self-care tip or do you have a different? Yes, I and this is advice that I give to my patients. I'm a dental hygienist too. So it works in all realms, but just control what you can control. 
you cannot control how other people feel. You can't control even how your kids feel, how your stepkids feel, um, how the ex feels. So control what you can, which is taking care of yourself. So it goes back to that and your relationship, what impacts your relationship, um, keeping that focus, which I have to remind myself too. I do mantras with my kids, my little ones every day I try. And for myself, I have mantras all over my house, just bringing it back to those reminders. Um, but we control only those factors that you can. So I think that's just a general, um, good thing to remember. Well, it's something we all need to remember. And I say that on my show a lot too, because you're absolutely right. We can't control what anyone else is going to do. We can only control ourselves and our reaction to it. And that's a great way to leave us today. We're we're at the end of our interview or our chat, I should say, our conversation. Um, But I want to let the listeners know that Cassandra Thurston is in our private Facebook group over at blendedfamilypodcast.com slash group, which is our private community for everybody in the blended family that is going through struggles and you want to connect with other people. You can connect with Cassandra there. Um, Mm -hmm. and maybe you have something in common with her. Maybe you want to reach out. That's why I created the group. Uh, Cassandra, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really enjoyed our conversation and I think that you are a wealth of knowledge. So thank you for sharing all that with us today. Thank you. It was so fun, Melissa. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.